Welcome to the Classic City Church Podcast. At C3, we exist to help people pattern their lives after Jesus. This message was first given as part of our teaching series at C3. Okay, Mark chapter 8. So if you'd like to uh, get out your Bibles um, and uh, you can turn to Mark chapter 8, we're going to pick up at verse 22 to 38. You can follow along on the screen behind me or that you can follow along on your phone. In verse 22, it says, They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on them, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were open. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home, saying, Don't even go into the village. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, Who do people say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Uh, But when Jesus turned uh, and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. Do not have in mind the concerns, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for my gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. In the last um, 14 months, um, we saw the fruit of a lot of labor. Um, I've been working on writing some books, and <clears throat> over the last 14 months, these four books in the last three were just, just came out, and this one uh, was out a little bit before that. And uh, <clears throat> I, I was talking to my good friend, Dr. Rexroth over here, he's a really smart guy, a medical doctor, so I asked him, I said, you know, what do you think about a guy that wrote four books in, in, in 14 months? And he took out his pen and he says, Diarrhea of the pen. He didn't really. He didn't really say that. 
I just love this guy so much. I'm just so thankful for him. Um, what I do want to say is that uh, Janet and I have purchased these books. We don't get them free. In fact, we don't get any royalties or anything for these books. But um, uh, there's one called An Apple a Day. Some of you already have that and read that every day. It's got a devotion every day that only takes a few minutes to read. And uh, I want to give these away. So um, we, we, we bought them and paid for them. And so that's the apple a day. Then in addition to that, um, we have another one that just came out this last week called The Amazing Power of God Stories. This is how to share your faith as a story and uh, make it really easy on how to share what God has done in your life. And then this one, this, is, this one was really snapped up at the last service at St. Mark's. Church politics, pain-free decision-making. And then the last one is more of a national book that is about our country. And this one's called A Nation Reclaims Respect, One Person at a Time. Something we need really a lot. In, uh... So anyway, we, wanted, I, we just uh, bought these. And I wanted to give them away to anyone that wants them. Where are they going to be after the service? Okay, that's fine. You just help yourself. Uh, and uh, we did the same thing over at St. Mark's this morning, so it was uh, great. So the, the, uh, the verses for today, Mark uh, chapter 8, 22 through 38. And uh, my question for you is, <clears throat> how would you like to be a loser, a loser for Jesus? We want to be a loser for Jesus. How about you? Well, in Mark 8, we just heard verse 35, among the other verses, Jesus says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Kind of different way of thinking than we normally Think about that stuff. Well, this section of Mark chapter 8 that was for today, there were like four sermons in that, in that one section that John gave me. I mean, it's just packed with great stuff that you could preach four sermons on. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to preach for about 20 minutes, and then we'll have a bathroom break, and then I'll come back, and we'll have another 20 minutes, and then, not really, I wouldn't do that. No. Um, the scripture in Mark 8, 22 to 38, uh, gets our attention immediately. There's this amazing story about, we just heard it, a blind man gets his sight from Jesus. And uh, I want to know, how do you read that? What do you think of when you read that Jesus heals a blind man? I mean, for example... Do you think that could happen today? Do you believe that the Bible is really relevant for today and for your life, and that that kind of stuff, like a blind man receiving sight, could actually occur? Janet and I were in Nigeria, and uh, we were invited there. It was one of my several trips to Nigeria to train pastors in Nigeria is in West Africa. And... Uh, and the day before the teaching of the pastor's conference, uh, 
the leader, who is called the Billy Graham of Africa at the time, his name is Uma Ukpai, and uh, he's a Nigerian, tremendous, tremendous preacher. And uh, he decided to have a, a service outdoors. And we were outdoors, and, and uh, there was a stage there, and there were, I don't know how many hundreds of people there. And he had microphones and stuff like that. And, and, and uh, uh, Uma gave this great sermon. And then he said, would anybody like to come forward for prayer? Well, there was a long line. But the first people in line were a man, his wife, and their daughter, who was about this high. And you could tell the daughter was blind, could not see. So here we have this passage about the blind seeing. So we're looking at this, and we're not far away. I mean, maybe 20 feet from, from Uma and this girl. And he prays for her. You can tell that she's blind. It's very easy. to We could see that very easily. And he prays for her, and she received her sight. And we saw it, didn't we? Yeah. And, and she, the first thing she did is she took her hand up to the face of her mother she had never seen. And she felt it, which she had felt before, but now she could see. So there's the challenge. Does everything in the Bible, can all that happen really in our lives, in our world, in our nation? What do you think? Well, that would get our attention, wouldn't it? When Jesus asked Peter, who do you say I am? Peter got it right. He said, you are the Christ. You are the anointed one. You're the one the Father has sent. So what about you? Here's an interesting question I want you to think about. Are you a loser? Because Jesus said, and John just read it, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and the gospel will save it. What do you think he was talking about? Losing your life for me and the gospel. What do you need to lose for Jesus? It'd be different for all of us, but maybe there's something inside of each one of us. I know there is for me. Certain things that I need to lose. Is it pride? Could it be just the routine that, that Christianity is just a routine? It's something you do because you always have? Is it religion? You see, religion is not the same thing as faith. Religion is just going through the motions. There's lots of folks around the world that don't believe in Jesus that have some kind of religion. But the spirit of religion is all about rules, regulations, guilt, politics, manipulation, and control. That's religion. We're here because of faith in Jesus, the living Son of God. God's love is kind of like a baby harness, and it, it's a relationship holding you close to the heart of God. That's kind of what that is for protection. And this happens too often in the church, which we call the body of Christ. 
We can be very efficient, and there are a lot of churches across America that are very efficient with all their religious activities, but not effective. And so many churches are declining. Unlike this church in St. Mark's, together we see growth. And I'm thankful for that. That's why we're here. And you thought I was here just because John's a preacher. Nah. This is the kind of church I want to be a part of. I hope you do too. This is the kind of church people really are looking for. But there are many churches that have been caught up in the functions of things and have lost that spirit of what Jesus is all about. Doing things right, but not always doing the right things. I love the church because I love people. I think Jesus loves people, don't you? Of course, you wouldn't be here if you didn't believe that. I've had the privilege of uh, working with 1,800 churches across the United States over the last few decades. And uh, it's just really interesting to, to, to see how different churches are sometimes doing well and sometimes being challenged. It's being religious but not faithful. And so Jesus speaks to us, and, and, and really speaking to the American church today, and we need to be reminded when he says in Mark 8, 35, if you save your life, your lifestyle, you lose it. You lose the impact on others. You lose the impact on our world. We lose the life because... It becomes all about us, the consumer mentality. But Jesus says, whoever loses all that for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the good news, for the sake of people knowing Jesus, if you lose your life in that way, the gospel, you will save it. It's kind of an odd sense of math. It's actually divine sense of math. So... As we look at this, we think about the decline of Christianity in our nation and all the implications of that for the kind of life that our children, grandchildren, and future generations are looking at. And Jesus says, become a loser. It's an odd way to think about it, but Jesus actually says, become a loser. Get lost, not like, get out of my mind or out of my presence, but get lost. Get lost of the styles and the systems and all the politics and all the other things that can drag us down. Lose all of that. And he says, that just doesn't work. So the message here is, let's get lost for Jesus. Let's get lost in the love of Jesus. Let's get lost in the faith in Jesus. Let's get lost in the promises of Jesus. Let's get lost in the excitement of Jesus. That's what I like about this church. That's what I like about the music. That's what I like about all the things that are going on here. Let's get lost in the forgiveness of Jesus. Let's get lost in the mission of Jesus. That's where it gets personal. Who do you know that doesn't know Jesus? Who do you know that you could be praying for, that you could talk to, that you could share, that you can invite? 
There are people everywhere in our social networks that don't yet know Jesus. And it's a serious deal because that means they're going to miss out on eternity. And so why does Jesus rely on people like us? I have no idea. But maybe, just maybe, it's because he wants us to know the thrill and the excitement of helping someone be introduced to Jesus. I know because there was a time when John was a real loser. <laughs> Spiritually speaking, he wandered. He didn't, he didn't have Esther to keep him in line yet. He didn't know Esther then. It was when he was in college. And we prayed and prayed and prayed. I took out a pocket card. That's what I have little pocket cards to make myself reminders. And I put on that pocket card, pray for John. And I put it right next to where I sleep in bed, right on a little table there. And for four years, I prayed and prayed and prayed. And every once in a while, Janet and I would go up to the university where he was, and he'd arrive about 15 seconds before the church started. There's a church up there that he'd go to and meet us there. He'd arrive about 15 seconds before the thing starts. Kind of overhung, I think, or at least tired. Maybe up studying all night. I don't think so on a Saturday night. But anyway, and I tell you what, it tore our hearts out to see that. I want to tell you, you got friends that don't know Jesus. Don't ever, ever, ever give up on them. Jesus doesn't. Jesus won't. Pray for them. Ask God to use you to touch them. And you might be surprised, but he will. So the whole point of this is that Jesus is very relevant, as relevant as today's paper, today's news. But the way we do church can become irrelevant and that's what I see so many churches in America. We are so blessed to be here in this room and to be in a ministry like this. I'm not saying that because he's our son or she's our daughter-in-law or we got some other friends here. That's not, that's not why. It's because God is in the room and things are happening. Lives are being changed. So let's get lost in serving the cause of Jesus. Put the agenda aside and let Jesus guide you. Let's get lost in the worship of Jesus. That's what I love about the worship here. You just guys do a great job. Let's get lost in sharing faith for Jesus, witnessing for Jesus. Let's get lost for eternity with Jesus. Think about that. Forever is forever. Let's lose our lives, like Jesus said, and discover how to effectively share our hearts and what it means to be a Christian with other people, with DeKalb County and with Northeast Indiana. It's a great opportunity. And we'll discover that Jesus was right all along. He always is. Whoever loses his or her life for me
and the gospel, that good news we share with others. Anybody who loses their life for Jesus will save it. That's the mission of the church. That's our mission every day to everyone. So God has somebody in mind for you, maybe several people in mind for you, to be the conduit for the power of Jesus. And whenever that happens, whenever the lost wandering one comes back, all heaven rejoices. It says that in the Bible. And not only that, but for you and for me, it's really cool also. It's really exciting. It's like a birth, but a rebirth. Jesus said, strange words, but so powerful. Lose your life for him and save it. Let's go. Let go and let God. And all God's people said, amen. that this message helps you to grow in a relationship with Jesus. Connect with us at Classic